0: Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hey folks, thank you for joining me again today as I share about the power of love within you, the power of God within you, and through love. And yesterday was part one of this, and if you didn't catch this, go to the archive and look it up and, and be a part of that, but you'll catch on because I'm using different verses today and kind of talking the second half of what I was sharing, but uh, like I said, you won't didn't miss anything by uh by not seeing this last or listening to the last one but but i love for you if you ever bored go to the archives 94.1 the voice go to archives scroll down to life point and you can get shows from way back and we'd love to have you listen and be a part we're so happy for our listeners our heavenly father i thank you today more life. I thank you for giving us life more abundantly. I thank you for seeing us through the good times and the times that maybe aren't so good. Thank you that you've never left us, nor you're never going to leave us nor forsake us, but you're going to be with us always to the very end of the age. I'm grateful for that. And Lord, again, be with every person listening today. May the Holy Spirit of God be deep inside their hearts and souls. In Jesus' name, amen. So yesterday I thought about uh, people that think love is uncontrollable, and I talked about. I closed by talking about love is a matter of choice. It's a matter of choice how much you love God. It's a matter of choice what you do about it, how you show the world that Jesus is first place in your life. It's a matter of choice if you're going to be a living witness for Him. And show your family and friends that God is first place in your life. Oh, we say we love God. We say we, and, and I told you yesterday that loving God means that uh, you have a great and intense feeling of deep affection. You have a, a great feeling of deep affection for God. Are you anxious to be in His house? You're anxious to be in His Word. You're anxious to pray. You're anxious to love people around you to show them the love of God. Folks, I'll be honest with you too many people aren't. Too many people don't. Too many people just want to coast, and, hey, I hope when I die I get to heaven. Folks, if you love God, love Him intensely. Show Him. Show Him that you love Him. Show the world that you love Him. Stand up for Him. And love is a matter of conduct. I, that's where I kind of left off. I never got to that yesterday. But love is a matter of conduct. You know, First uh, John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. Love is action. Love is taking action in your life, living for him in a powerful and mighty way and showing him how much you care for him by the way you live, by the things you say. You are a walking testimony for him. You know, it's just, it's interesting and some people take the word of God and they take what they want want, and they just leave the rest alone. You know, and I just, I love the third chapter of uh, 1 John, and it's, I think it, uh, I think it's very self-explanatory. In fact, the fourth verse says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Listen to this. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning, No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Laying out love. Too often we talk about it. We talk about our great love for God, but like here, we're not loving it. I love this passage in John because he hits a nail on the head. He virtually says this. He says, he who practices righteousness is righteous. In other words, he who practices doing good is good. He who practices sin is not of God. He who practices sin is going the wrong direction. And folks, what does practice mean? Practice means doing something over and over and over again. As you well know, you've heard on this show many times, I've coached many teams, and we, I had five teams that were championship teams that were just incredible teams. And you know what? What made them good was we practiced. We practiced hard. We practiced long. We worked on our weaknesses. And the Bible says, he who practices righteousness... He who practices doing good, he who practices the presence of Almighty God, he who practices being in the house of God, reading God's word, spending time in prayer, loving others, he's of God. He who practices sin is not of God. People of God, what are you practicing? I hope it's the things of God. Too often we talk, but how often do we take action? And that's where First John three eighteen said, Dear children, let us not love with words or with speech, but with actions and in truth. Let's love God with actions. Can you do that for me? I know you can, and most of you do, and I'm so grateful for that. And some people listen to me sometimes, they say, man, you are a conservative dude. I, I, yeah, I'm conservative, but I can tell you this, I want to honor God. I want to honor God with my life. Oh, I'm not always perfect. I get I get in myself in a dander about things sometimes, and we all have that. We all struggle. That's why he uses the term, he who practices. He who practices sin is not of God. Practices continuing to do it over and over again. You know better, because you're going to sin. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, and you're going to sin. But don't practice it. When you realize you've sinned, Say, God, help me, forgive me, help me to move beyond that. And you know what? He throws that sin into the sea of forgetfulness. He's not going to remember it anymore. You're the one who keeps remembering. and I keep remembering it. You know, it's just a scar. And God says, forget it, move forward. I know that I love you and I forgive you. While well, I want to, uh, close with talking about love in the next four minutes again, there's four Greek words for love, and they're all a little bit different. The first one is spelled S-T-O-R-G-E. This is a Greek word. It's, it's pronounced storge. Storge, which means a natural affection. This love is a natural. You have a natural affection towards something. Hey, maybe it's towards your animals. You know, I know people that are so desperately in love with their animals. They love their animals. And I'm glad they do, as long as they don't put them before their husbands or wives or especially before God. But they love their animals. They have a special affection. They have a storge type of relationship with their animals. And then there's eros, which means a sexual attraction. That's like when you're dating in, in high school or college or whatever it is. Let's say college now, right? Parents, yeah, well, let's say our kids start dating at 22. How's that? That'd be awesome, you know? They start, but you have, a, you have an attraction for that person. You're attracted to the way they look, the way they act, you have kind of a sexual drawing to them. That doesn't mean you're going to go do a sexual act until you're married, I hope. But, you know, you're drawn to them by that by that sexual magnet. Men especially. Men are very sexual in, in, in looks. Women are not so much. But men, men, they're very, you know, driven. As long as your desires are driven in the right way in the right time and with God behind them, you know. Eros. And then there's philia. Or philia. Which means emotional affection. I'm just so emotional. I'm just emotionally charged to this situation or to this person. We know people that are friends, but they become very emotional with them. They have they become very emotional in the relationship. In fact, they it's almost that's why they call it. It's one of the Greek words for love. Is you're you're so. In love with them, so you got to be careful about this one. You got to be careful about getting emotionally affectionate, especially the opposite sex, especially if the other person or one of you are married or this nest. Be careful. Run from the very appearance of evil. If you find yourself getting emotionally attached to somebody, you know, get your running shoes on. You don't want anything to come between your marriage because that's between you and God. Now that doesn't mean we don't love other people. I love my congregation. I love them. I'm kind of emotionally attached to all my congregation, the people I see. I have a, a, my heart. When I go in, like I'm recently I've been going into Bible school at night, and I love those teachers and all the volunteers. There's been a ton of them, 30 or 40 teachers and volunteers maybe. I don't know how many. I didn't count them, but a lot. And uh, I just love seeing them and the wonderful kids that they take care of. It's, uh, it's, it's a neat thing, and that's the love of Philia. And then you got, and this is tied up a little bit in this too, it's agape love, which means unconditional giving and sacrificial love. This is the Bible love for him. And often people, it's agape, which means you love someone unconditionally. It doesn't matter what they do to you. It doesn't matter the actions they take. And it's sacrificial. It may not always be easy, but you love them. You know, there's people that are hard to love in our lives. There's people you have a hard time loving, but we're supposed to love everybody. We're supposed to love each other. And I'm telling you what, we need to love and forgive one another. In fact, to begin loving, we need to close the door on your past. Too many people are holding on to grudges from the past. Too many couples that have been divorced are holding a grudge against the one they were divorced against. I'm telling you this, if you can't forgive them, you're in trouble. I'm telling you why. This only comes through forgiveness, is is loving others in the past. Matthew 6, Jesus says, uh, 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Praise God, right? But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. What? If you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sin. People, we've got to forgive. I don't care how hard it is. Now I didn't say you become their best friend. I didn't say all of a sudden call them. Let's go. Let's go to, let's go to um, have a soda together. I didn't say that. But I'm just saying you got to love them with the love of the Lord. That didn't mean you have to call them up all the time and this and that. But you've got to forgive because if you don't forgive, you got a blockade between you and God. You got to live by the Word. God wants to use you. I'm going to ask you this week to forgive someone who needs forgiven and love them with the love of the Lord. Hey, I hope you have a great day. It's been a pleasure. Have a great one. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website www.cloverdalechurch.org Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.